This is episode number 117 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannert. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannert, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you become more powerful and professional presenters and speakers. Uh, this is podcast number 117. I was going to say 17, but it's actually 117. And um, and the topic for the the session today is it, it's going to be about how to add humor to your speech. In fact, we call it three turnkey ways to add humor to a speech or a presentation. Uh, for those of you who are like long term listeners, uh, I did a, a session on adding humor. Oh, man, it's been a couple of years ago. It was, it was probably in the first 20 or so uh, episodes that I that I recorded. And it was just so popular that a lot of times folks would ask me about that when I was out teaching classes or they would call into our, our office and ask questions about, hey, I don't I really want to add some humor. I don't want it to be cheesy. I don't want it to be um uncomfortable, you know, and I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a really good joke teller and that kind of thing. So I'm going to recap some of the the things that I covered on that podcast, but I'm also going to cover some new stuff that I figured out along the way. Uh, it's funny because I get feedback after I release a podcast like this, get feedback from, uh, from folks that, you know, really like the the podcast and they want to add to it. They give me some additional ideas. And so I'll share some of those with you on this as well. The podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations and Fearless, fearlesspresentations.com. Uh, for, for those of you who've been listening to a while, you kind of know a little bit about our, our two-day public speaking class. It's, it's really one of the best ways to get practice at, at becoming a, a good speaker. I mean, it's great to listen to the podcast. It's great to read the blog posts and stuff like that. That is all fantastic information that can help. But it's not really, not really until you put the stuff that we're talking about from the podcast in the practice that, that, re, that nervousness is going to be reduced. And that's what the classes really help you do. Um, we got classes coming up in Chicago, LA. Uh, by the way, the one that's coming up in Los Angeles, the uh, next one anyway is Glendale. We have two different locations there that we're teaching. Uh, Seattle, Denver, St. Louis, Stanford, Connecticut, Virginia Beach, Cincinnati, Phoenix, Miami, Dallas, Boston, Charlotte, San Jose, and Atlanta. So we've got tons of, of classes coming up in the next couple of months. If you're interested in any of those, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. Hey, so if you want to add some humor to your speech, um, th- this podcast or this session it can really be helpful to you quite often when when I know I do this when I'm designing speeches but just people in general when we're designing speeches and presentations for a professional audience or professional setting we we sometimes kind of discount the value of entertainment and humor and and but the thing that you have to keep in mind about a really really good presentation is that a good presentation is going to be both informative it's going to have great information and it's also going to have some entertainment value if you don't have both then you're uh, you you aren't really providing the audience with 
um, you know, like for instance, if you're not really providing your audience with with good information, then you're just wasting their time. And if you're not providing them some type of entertainment, you're likely going to bore your audience. So as a result, you'll you'll they'll lose interest. So by adding just a little bit of humor throughout your speech, you can keep your audience engaged throughout the presentation. Uh, what, before we actually get started, I, I, there are basically three really simple things that you can do to add humor to, to any presentation, pretty much no matter what the setting is. Um, but one of the things I want to I like to kind of caution people on is folks will kind of ask me as they say, you know, should I tell jokes to add humor to my speech? Should I should I? tell jokes. And I, it's funny because I've changed my tune on this a little bit over the years. When I first started speaking, I had a mentor who had been a, a speaker and trainer for like three decades. She'd been in the, the the industry for like 30 years. And from very early on in my training, as she was coaching me, she advised me, Doug, never tell jokes in your speeches. And um, and later, though, you know, as as I kind of went through the training process with her and, and got more coaching, it was funny because she later on, she started encouraging me to add funny stories and anecdotes to my presentation. And the contradiction was kind of confusing. I didn't really see the difference. And in fact, I, to be honest, I, I've never really figured out why she and other public speaking coaches seems so anti-joke, you know, that like, don't put jokes into your presentation. My guess is though, that this is one of those extreme overreactions to a negative experience that they've had at some point. So if they've been coaching people for years and years and years, and somebody got up in front of a group, one of either them or somebody that they were coaching, got up in front of a group, told a, a joke and it just bombed or backfired. They probably went, Oh my God, that's terrible. I don't think I want to teach people to do that anymore. Um, so that it, it, cause it can be really difficult to recover. You get up and tell a joke and it bombs. It's kind of, it's very difficult to recover. And so if you're, that may be one of the reasons it could be though, that it could have something to do with, with the fact that most jokes that you see, especially if you get them off the internet or something like that, they're kind of off color or inappropriate. And so they just may not be right for many types of speeches that, that folks will give, um, one of I, I, one of our professional presentation coaches, one of the guys that that teaches the fearless presentations classes in the in the southeast, especially in the in Florida area. His background is as a comedian. He was a he taught comedy improv to organizations for years and years and years before he became a public speaking coach. And it was funny because he and I were having a conversation, and he mentioned to me that a a, a major factor and whether a joke is really funny or it's a big flop is timing. So, um, so I, I suspect that maybe one of the reasons why uh, my coach and some of the other public speaking coaches that are out there will tend to discourage people from telling jokes because it's really difficult to teach timing. It, it, there's a certain way that if you're going to tell a joke, you have to kind of deliver it and so that you get the, the best results. And that's kind of tough to teach people, especially if you're only coaching them for a half day or two days or, or a, a short period of time like that. So whatever the case, I'd wager that every single professional keynote speaker has at least one joke in their keynote speech somewhere. I mean, I know I do. I mean, when I'm going out and, and doing keynote speeches, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have at least one joke. And a lot of times I'm going to have two or three things that are inserted into the presentation just for humor's sake. So if you eliminate jokes from your presentation entirely, it's probably a bad idea. Um, let me just kind of tell you the difference, but from my perspective, anyway, the difference between a joke and a funny story. There, it's a slight difference, but from my perspective, they're they're kind of the same thing. Uh, if you go to like dictionary.com online and you look up the word joke, um, it, it basically it, the definition of a joke is a thing 
that someone says to cause amusement or laughter, especially a story with a funny punchline. So according to the great speaking coaches, a funny story or funny, funny anecdote is okay, but a funny story with a punchline or a story with a funny punchline anyway, eh, that's not okay. So I, to me, that doesn't really make sense. And my, my experience, there's not a whole lot of difference between telling a joke and, and a funny story. Um, the only exception is if you insert a joke that has absolutely nothing to do with your presentation, then oftentimes, you know, oftentimes this is this is that type of forced delivery. It can backfire on you. So and and also your jokes need to be appropriate to the point that you're making in your presentation. So if you if you want uh, and and one more tip just before I kind of get into to some of the things that that you can do to add humor. One more tip about jokes. If you are going to tell a joke and not a, a funny story is you want to practice them over and over and over again so that you have them down cold because a poorly delivered joke or even a poorly delivered funny story can can be very challenging to overcome. So just kind of keep all those things in mind as we're going through some of the thing, some of these things. Um, so the best way that I've ever found to, to add humor into a presentation is to make your point with humor. So whatever whatever your um, the concepts are that you're trying to cover in your presentation, if you've got a series of bullet points, go to the bullet points and say, okay, what's what's a joke I can use here? What's a funny story that I can use to reinforce this point so that people remember the point that I'm trying to make? And that's one of the key things. Now, that's not always the case. I, I'll give you an example of um, a situation that I've seen in my career where sometimes just a random funny joke at the, you know, at the beginning of a meeting or something like that can, can be okay. Um, one of my first big clients, it was a guy named Ron. It wasn't that Ron was, but he was a big guy, but I mean, if he was the, the company that I worked for was a big client and Ron was the manager of a, of a, um, um, truck dealership in, in Fort Worth. So Ron, so Ron worked for this company. Now he was famous or, I mean, probably a better way to say it is he might've been infamous for starting Every single staff meeting with a corny joke. Now, Ron, they were always clean and, you know, it would be like a, a joke that you would hear, a, you know, a third grader or a fourth grader kind of say. So, you know, clean, um, somewhat funny, but mostly just corny jokes. And and so he'd start every meeting with something corny. And at, when after you had finished the, that joke at the very beginning of the meeting, everyone would at the same time both laugh because they were still funny, even though they were corny, and then somewhat cringe at the same time because they were corny. And, and it became part of the culture. And, and by the way, it really worked. You know, folks loved to come to his meetings. I mean, most of the time for, you know, staff meetings at a, at a truck dealership, I imagine those are probably not the most interesting or exciting kind of things, but folks would show up early to the meetings just so they could hear Ron tell his, his corny joke. And, and Ron was a virtual encyclopedia of clean, corny jokes. And so it, it worked really well for him. Now, it, the technique worked well for Ron, but I don't encourage people to do this. And, and I doubt that that I would be as successful with with that technique if I used it, because for most speakers, using your, your funny stories as a way to add showmanship to the point that you're trying to make actually works much better than just telling a random joke just to kind of ease the tension in the room or something like that. But um, but you can you can do it. It's just it. You know, it. It doesn't work every single time. So I, I like to use my humor as a way to, to help me make my point. So uh, let me give you the three things that you can do to add humor to your presentations uh, and do it in a way to, that it helps your audience retain your your um, your content. And then in addition to that, I'll, I'll kind of go and cover these in a little bit more detail as we go through them. 
So the, the three things that you can do are number one, tell a self-deprecating story about how you screwed up. Those are easy. And we'll talk about those in a little bit more detail. Um, the second thing you can do is find a funny joke that reinforces your bullet point. It's not as hard as what you might think, especially in today's world. And, and then the third way and the th way that I like to use a lot in my presentations is to add a funny analogy. So if you, if you haven't yet listened to the, how to design a presentation quickly podcast that I did a couple of episodes ago, it, it gives a few great tips on how to determine what the main points to cover in your presentation or what, what main points to cover in your presentation. And so once you create your really good bullet point, all you really have to do is ask yourself the 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 uh, uh, questions as to as a way to add um, to identify a way to add humor to that that bullet point. So, for instance, let's say um, you want to add a self-deprecating story. If you if you if you have your list of, of bullet points, all you have to do is just kind of read each one of the bullet points and then ask yourself, you know, have I ever had an experience in my life related to this point? where I just totally screwed up. Either I didn't do the thing that I'm suggesting that other people do, or just things just didn't go as well as what I wanted them to. And, and, um, and it was kind of self-deprecating. It was one of those things where, Oh man, I'll never do that again. Um, you'll be surprised at how often a funny innocent incident will kind of pop into your head when you, when you ask that question. So keep in mind, by the way, that sometimes these incidents, these, these stories, these incidents, they, they seem horrifying to us. They don't seem humorous at all to us when we're experiencing them. However, when we tell the stories to others, they have a high propensity for humor. Uh, the, the, I mean, an analogy or a, a similarity is, you know, if you ever watched the, in, in my day, it was the, um, Oh God, was it America's funniest home videos or whatever it was? Now it's YouTube, <laughs> you know, like the most popular things that are on YouTube nowadays, a lot of times are people falling down getting hurt, something hitting them in the crotch or something like that. For some reason, I don't know why the human human beings think that kind of stuff is funny, but for some reason, when reason, when somebody is, um, is, is experiencing some type of pain for other, for some reason, other people think of it as being funny. So a lot of times, even though these stories, they might be horrifying to us and be something, Oh my God, I never want to tell anybody that that would be a good way to add some humor into your presentation. Now, you don't want to overdo this, by the way. I mean, if you're basically, if you're telling a self-deprecating story in your presentation, if, if that's all you're doing is selling, is telling a self-deprecating story and then making another bullet point and telling another one and then making another bullet point and telling another one, if that's all you're doing, then by the time you get to the third one, people are going, well, God, that idiot can't do anything right. But um, a good way to, that I use this is I'll, I'll start with a self-deprecating story and then I'll tell another story of, of how I corrected that, you know, the next time. So I'll tell a, a bad example and then a good example. And for some reason, the, uh, people kind of see that as uh, they see that growth experience as, as somebody becoming more of an expert in that thing that they're telling you about. So, um, for instance, one of the things that I will often do when I start my presentation classes is I'll start by telling the audience about a huge failure that I had as a speaker. And, and when I experience this failure, you know, I was a kid, I was fresh out of college. I was actually still in college and, you know, first big job and just hadn't even graduated from school yet. And, um, it, when I experienced it, I, it was not funny. It was humiliating. And, and actually it was probably quite sad. If you happen to be somebody watching me deliver that presentation that I did back when I was, you know, 20 years old, it was probably would probably other people would probably see that and, and think of it as being sad. However, when I tell it in a story, um, I, 
I mean, even even now, because I've I've um, I, I kind of slightly exaggerate it, you know, because to make it to add some humor to it. But I, I even make myself chuckle now because I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. But in the story, though, what I, what I tell people is I, I prepared a 15 minute speech and then I practiced this 15 minute speech over and over and over again. And I was in the boardroom with all the, the vice presidents and I was nervous as all get out. So when I delivered the, the speech, though. I spoke really fast. Now I speak fast anyway, but when I get nervous, I talk really, really, really fast. So I finished the entire 15 minute presentation in less than four minutes. So after I said my last sentence, I looked around the room at all the confused faces and panic just set in. You know, I, I, I didn't have anything else to say. So I just abruptly returned to my seat and sat down and glancing around the table. I noticed that the entire room was still staring at me. They all still had those confused looks on their faces as well. And so it was really quite awkward. So at the time, terrifying experience at the time, I, I didn't want anybody to know that that thing had happened to me. However, now, because time and distance has, has occurred. Now I can kind of tell it. And a lot of times folks will kind of laugh and say, Oh my God, you really were an idiot, right? Yeah. Right. Weren't you? Um, so self deprecating humor is always, uh, at least I find anyway, the best and easiest way it's the, to add humor to a, a presentation and, and, it, and the easiest way to make the embarrassing story funny is to kind of exaggerate what happened. So that's the first thing that you can do. And, and just about anybody can do that. The second thing that is actually even easier than the first one, although it takes a little bit more practice, is you can find a funny joke that reinforces your bullet points. So just read the bullet point and say, okay, how can I find a joke about that? Um, it, and it's really easy. All you really have to do is go to Google. Your, Google will help you out with this one. Google the word joke, J-O-K-E, followed by the main idea from your bullet point. Whatever it is that you're trying to get across to your audience, just type the word joke in front of it and type that in. And and just kind of see what comes up. Most likely you're going to get a few different examples of things that you could cover in your presentation or jokes that you can cover in your presentation that will help you make your your bullet point. Um, I, I give an example of this. I, I, I was recently writing a, a presentation or a, a, a workshop on how to improve listening skills in the office. And so I just typed in the word joke and listening. I didn't have to put a whole bunch of stuff in there, just joke and listening and put that into Google. And I got, basically I got the following ideas. So these are, there were three, the, these are the top three that came up. They're probably, I think, I, I think I got these from a document or a blog post that said, you know, 41 jokes about listening or something like that. But the one that I thought was pretty funny is the one that said, uh, recently what my wife asked me, are you even listening to me? And I thought that was a really hard, weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> so I read that one. That one kind of made me chuckle. Um, the um, Another one was job interviewer says, um, um, where do you see yourself in five years? And the respondent says, I'd say my biggest weakness is listening. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. it takes a little bit more practice to deliver that one, maybe. But um, and this uh, and another one that came up was, um, you know, you, you um, you know, at it's it's at uh, I can't even say it now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm getting all flustered with it. Um, no, but the joke is um, so, you know, it you know, it's times like these when I wished I'd really listened to my mom, listen to what my mom told me. And then you kind of wait for the audience to respond. The audience says, really, what did she say? I don't know. I wasn't listening. So anyway, I mean, those are just, they're corny. They're easy. You know, they're one of those things you practice them a few times and, and you can get those. So, so basically um, by, by going through a few different alternatives, I mean, obviously a couple of those probably aren't going to work really well, but maybe one of them will. 
So um, if with a little bit of creativity, you can you can tie that into a point. So, for instance, I could start my presentation or my bullet point by reading my bullet point and start with a phrase like, hey, the third listening level is what we call selective listening. That, and by the way, that reminds me of a conversation that my wife and I had recently. She heatedly asked me, are you even listening to me? And I, I thought, wow, that's a strange way to start a conversation. So if you pause for a second, then the audience kind of laughs just a little bit. Uh, it'll take a few a few people in the audience uh, a couple of seconds to get it. But then once folks start laughing, you know, everybody else will kind of start laughing as well. As well. So um, that, like I said, those it takes a little bit more practice. Those are ones that I I... I Personally, I don't do that a lot in my own presentations. I tend to use the first one, which is where I tell the self-deprecating stories. For, reason, for some reason, that's a whole lot easier for me. Um, another one, though, the third one is one that I use quite often. It's where I add a funny analogy to add humor to the the speech or the presentation. I use a lot of analogies in in my presentations, and uh, an analogy basically is is where you're making a comparison of something that you're trying to explain to the audience with something that's more commonplace, something that they're more familiar with. What makes these fun and funny is when you compare things that have absolutely nothing to do with each. They're totally unrelated. They have absolutely nothing to do with each other. For some reason, it's it's funny. For instance, I, I this, a woman in my class gave a, a, this example. I, I loved it. Uh, I've talked about this one for for years because it was just so good. Um, so she was she was a technician at an electric company. So basically, they told they sold electricity to big corporations, big companies. And um, when she um, her, her the presentation that she was giving was about some new software that her company had invested in that would help their sales reps find um, prospective customers better. And she started the explanation by saying, um, it was basically something like, um, so when you think of good combinations, you think of, of things like peanut butter and jelly, good combination, right? Salt and pepper, good combination. You don't really think about things like salad and ketchup. <laughs> That's a bad match. So when when the program analyzes a potential client and sees a manufacturing company, a good prospect, right? It identifies that potential client as a peanut butter and jelly type of prospect because that's a good one, right? And uh, however, you know, a small retail company doesn't use as much electricity wouldn't necessarily be a good a good um, uh, match for them. That would be more like the ketchup and salad combo, not a good match. And so she kind of used that. It was it was funny because the way that she used it in her presentation, I'm not doing it justice because she she kind of went into great detail about her about her um, the the software and 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 the the different kind of matches and everything. But the the thing that made the delivery so funny when she when she said this was that. She used that combination expression a few times. So she explained what it was, you know, the the peanut butter and jelly, and then she also, um, you know, used the salad and and um, and ketchup example a, a couple of times, and then she gave examples of real world example or real world organizations or prospective customers that would be in each one of those categories, and every time that she did this, she got a, a bigger laugh. You know, the first time it was kind of chuckles, you know, that as she went further and further through, um, it got to the point where as she, as she mentioned a prospective customer, the audience was almost on the tip of their tongue, kind of try either saying peanut butter and jelly or, or salad and ketchup, you know, to, to kind of finish the thought process. And so 
It was one of the things that made that kind of funny. Um, I, I, I'll give you another example. This is a, this not in your in the podcast notes, but it's one that that was that was really funny. I, this was years ago. I had a woman that was in my class, and she was talking about how the different departments at her company uh, weren't really communicating effectively with each other, and they would be. And so there was a lot of rework that was going on. There was a lot of duplication of effort. And she she uh, compared it to when she and her boyfriend. Uh, ended up getting a, a checking account for the first time. And she was talking about, and she, she told this funny story about how when, when she and her boyfriend got their first checking account, they were both used to keeping their balance their own way. And so what would happen was that the boyfriend would go out and buy something and he would put whatever, whatever he bought onto his check registry. And then she would go out and buy stuff and she would put that in her check registry, but they weren't ever coming together and comparing the check registries. So it was, uh, so uh, eventually what happened is because of that communication, that miscommunication, it caused uh, it caused them to go to um, over the, the account to be overdrawn and for them to bounce some checks and stuff like that. And so she said, that's kind of like what's happening in our departments. So it was a really funny. I mean, she told it in such a funny way that people were were um, were kind of getting into it and everything. And and when she came up with her solution, she was saying, so one of the things that we can do is blank, whatever the solution was. And she said, you know, going back to the analogy, this would be kind of like dumping the boyfriend. Right? So, and then when she said that, everybody just busted out laughing. So, analogies are a fun way that you can add some humor into your presentation. So, anyway, so those are the three main things. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bonus uh, here of one, another thing that you can do to add uh, humor. The reason I say it's a bonus is that not everybody is going to be able to do this. I mean, it, this is easy for me to do because I live in Texas and and we Texans talk funny, right? So, But basically what you can do is you can add your local colloquialisms. I can't even say it. Colloquialisms into your speech. So, you know, being from Texas, I mean, this is, it's one of it, it's one of the things that I will tend to sometimes do just because I just say things that my granddad told me when I was growing up or my dad told me when I was growing up. And some of these old sayings are things that just crack people up. Uh, Dr. Phil, by the way, the guy that was on the Oprah Winfrey show for, for years, he was, he's the, he, uh, he made this famous. He was really famous for, for doing these things. Um, but um, like for instance, uh, um, he, he had that down home speech where he would just say, he would just say things in in a in his kind of Texas way that would make it funny. Mark Twain also did this with you know the folks he sings and Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn made them really funny. But basically, all you really have to do is um, it, to to find some of these. Is you can find like for instance for me, I can go to Google and just type in Texas sayings and I'll get a list of them. Uh, but you can do it for for um, just about any type of, of region. So like, for instance, uh, when I, when I went to Google and I just typed in Texas sayings, I got phrases like he's all hat and no cattle <laughs> or, or I, I did it again with Southern sayings, you know, cause you know, Southern people have their own little kind of colloquialisms as well. And, and I got things like, uh, that's all, that's a hard dog to keep on the porch or he's happier than a tick on a fat dog, you know? So, I, I mean, obviously this technique is harder to pull off, but if you, if you do, it can sometimes have your audience re really rolling anyway. So just remember that to make your presentations fun um, and a good way to do that is to add some humor to your speech and, and it makes it a whole lot easier to deliver your presentations. So add some humor to your next speech and we'll see you on the next Fearless presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.